Welcome back to the TDL Project. We are finally in the finale episode of Arcane's Season 1. Again, I'm re-watching, recapping, and sharing my thoughts on Netflix's fantasy animated series, Arcane. I've mentioned the synopsis on the first episode, but if you're late to the party, let me again summarize it for you, given that this is our uh, season ender anyway. Arcane is a retelling of the League of Legends origin stories of several characters from Piltover and Zaun with the orphaned sisters Vi and Powder serving as its main and central viewpoints. So you're listening to the ninth and final episode of an Arcane Season 1 recap series. I've also done episodes 1 to 8, so you can listen to those too if you haven't already. As I always say, if you haven't seen this episode yet, please be warned that this will include heavy spoilers. So without further ado, let's start with a recap. Act 3.3 or Episode 9 of Arcane is entitled The Monster You Created. This episode's opening scene starts immediately where Vi and Jace left off. They have raided one of Silco's shimmer manufacturing facilities. Jace was horrified to learn that the entire operation is being run by children and he immediately put a stop to their onslaught, having accidentally killed one of the children himself. Vi tried to convince him that this kid is just collateral damage and there were hundreds more of them thanks to Silco. They could not stop now. But Jace was firm and asked Vi to hand over the gem-enhanced gauntlet. Vi refused, which almost led to them squaring off right then and there. However, shaking his head, Jace calmed down and told Vi that she could not do this by herself and left her alone. Later on, Silco, Savika, and Finn inspected the damages in the manufacturing site. Rennie, one of Undercity's gang leaders like Finn, was also there, as she happened to be the mother of the child who was killed in the raid. She wanted retribution and low-key blamed Silco for always letting Jinx handle situations, which often led to undesirable results. Silco, unperturbed, told her that at least her son died for a cause. Savika and Finn shared a glance. Finn was looking at Savika as if to tell her this was exactly what I was saying. In Victor's lab, shocked and speechless, Victor was still holding Sky's eyeglasses. She was just obliterated by the hex core while trying to save him. Victor was feeling so much rage that he picked up a stool and was about to smash the hex core, but changed his mind the last minute. And then an interesting thing happened. When Victor turned his back, the hex core shot him in his leg, as if to warn him not to ever do that again. So question, does this mean that the hex core has evolved to a sentient living matter? Because if it did, it just made itself more dangerous, like more than ever. Later, Victor whispered sorry to Sky's ashes as he spilled them over from one of the hex gates overlooking the city. Lost in thought, Victor almost stepped over the edge when Jay suddenly appeared and called his attention. This was a circle back to when they first met. Jace was also in a bad place and contemplated on ending his life when Victor came into his life. And now we see Jace doing the same thing to Victor. And I think this is one of the most touching scenes in the show, especially if you know their history. So they had a heart-to-heart -heart talk reflecting on the things they lost in pursuit of greatness. Victor implored Jace to destroy the hex core as he couldn't do it himself. They had to make things right. Jace promised that he would. Mel was furious and confronted her mother, telling Ambessa to leave Jace alone. At this, Mrs. Medarda disclosed that the man who killed Mel's brother, 
thought that the score was not settled and Noxus, their country, is facing a threat of an enemy who had more resources. Noxus needed Hextech weaponized. There was nothing that would stop Ambesa to protect her family. And if a war is needed to make it happen, so be it. This infuriated Mel even further and told her mother that Pilsover was not her testing ground, and also reminded her that she stopped being part of the family when Ambesa cast her out. So obviously there's unresolved resentment here. I think Mel was still hurting from what happened and wanted to know why her own mother did what she did. So Ambesa then told Mel that she did it because she couldn't endure the look in Mel's eyes every time she had to make necessary decisions to keep their family safe. Mel, taken by surprise, visibly softened and was in deep thought. This might be the most honest conversation that she had with her mother since she left. Then Ambesa went on to say that when the war is over, Mel should come home and take the place by her side, where she belongs. In the Undercity, Savika, Finn, and Rennie walked up to Silco in his office, apparently planning to usurp him from power. However, Savika proved that she was ultimately loyal to Silco and killed the unsuspecting Finn. Rennie was spared, but she assured them that she got the message. When Rennie left the room, Silco flipped over a note that was lying on his desk. It had a seal of Jace's office. In the next scene, we had Jace and Silco meeting face to face. Jace wanted parley. Silco gave him a list of his demands, including free trade routes, blanket amnesty, unrestricted access to the hex gates, and sovereignty. Jace made it clear that this negotiation was his attempt to avoid the war and to save the Undercity from annihilation should they go there, that Silco was not in any position to make demands. Silco then said that if Jace wants peace, this was the price. Jace seemed to relent, then offered his own demands. Silco to discontinue the production of Shimmer, return the gemstone, and Jinx. At the mention of Jinx, Silco's posture changed, his eyes shifting. They're not her crimes, he said. She was working for me. But Jace wasn't backing down on this one. Give me Jinx, and I'll give you your nation of Zon, he answered, as he pressed Silco's list of demands on the man's chest. Back in the Undercity, Silco was alone drinking and talking to Vander's statue. He was telling it his predicament of having to give up Jinx in exchange for their lifelong dream of having the nation of Zon. He was in a crossroad and had to make a difficult decision. He asked, is there anything someone doing as a daughter? Little did he know that Jinx was right behind Vander's statue, listening to every word he said. Sevika got a surprise visitor at the last drop when Vi suddenly appeared with the gemstone-enhanced gauntlets, obviously asking for a death duel. We then see another long, amazing fight sequence. With the help of her shimmer-enhanced mechanical arm, Sevika was too strong of an opponent. She was able to knock the air out of Vi and the latter fell flat on the floor, unmoving. She was seemingly defeated when Vi hears Vander talking to her, telling her that he wished it could be any easier, but the truth is... Jinx still needed her. They all did. With her remaining strength, Vi stood up. She was finally able to rip Savika's arm and serve the woman a deadly punch. However, behind Vi, Jinx, who was there all this time, knocked her sister unconscious. In a dark room, Vi woke up tied to a chair. And in the background, Jinx was having a monologue. She was telling Vi of how it wasn't Silco who made Jinx. It was Vi who made Jinx, she said. Vi tried to apologize and tell her sister that she never meant to leave her. 
Jinx then proceeded to light up the room and Vi saw Silco tied up to another chair at the opposite end of the table. Then Jinx brought out a covered serving plate. And at this point, we knew that Jinx kidnapped Caitlyn. And that serving plate could easily fit a human head, to be honest. And while this was all happening, I was freaking out. Like, Vi. Jinx decapitating Caitlyn and serving her head to Vi wasn't a long shot. The writers made such a good job with <laughs> Jinx's character development that this scene totally worked. But to Vi's relief and our relief, it wasn't Caitlyn's head. It was just a cupcake with the gemstone on top. So finally, Jinx brought a tied Caitlyn out and placed her on Vi's left side of the table. Also, she has two chairs with the words powder and Jinx scribbled on each of them. Where should I sit? She pondered aloud. She was going to have Vi make the ultimate decision. She placed her handgun onto Vi's hands and told her to make Caitlyn go away. So basically asking her to kill Caitlyn. And then she could have powder back. When Vi said she couldn't do it, Jinx picked up the gun and pointed it at Caitlyn's head. Vi alarmingly said to Jinx that the two of them could just go away and they could leave all of these behind. Silco at this point was squirming in his chair. Face to face with the one person that could take Jinx away from him, he tells Jinx that it wouldn't take long before Vi realizes that she's a different person now and would leave her behind in an instant, just like what people like Vander did to him. Silco proceeded to tell Jinx about the topside's offer of an independent nation of Zon in exchange for her, but he assured her that he would never give her up. She's his daughter, and he'll never forsake her. Caitlyn now took advantage of Jinx's distraction and was able to free herself. She shouted for Jinx to drop the handgun while pointing a machine gun at her. Vi was begging Caitlyn to stop because after all, Jinx was her sister. At this, Caitlyn said it was too late and Jinx was too far gone. However, Shimmer has given Jinx lightning-fast movement abilities and was able to easily disarm Caitlyn. Caitlyn was right. Jinx was just too far gone at this point. There was no use of trying to reason out with her. She was just so unhinged with Shimmer, the voices in her head trying to pull her into different directions. So when Silco made a sudden movement to pick up the handgun she left in front of him, he was about to shoot Vi. Jinx lost it and opened fire, accidentally shooting Silco instead. After a moment when she realized what she did, she ran up to Silco and with tears in her eyes repeatedly said she's sorry. Silco uttered that he would never have given her up to Piltover and tells her with his last breath that she's perfect. Wow, this scene was I think one of the most emotional scenes of the show. It was the same during episode 3 when Powder thought Vi left her. I also did not expect to see Silco die this early, but I think it's fitting because the one person that could kill him metaphorically or literally was Jinx. Because if there was someone who he genuinely cared about, it was her. Jinx was crying and then she hears the voices inside her head. And in an instant, her expression changed. Jinx then stood up, looked at the chair with the name Jinx written on it, and sat down. She tells Vi about how she thought... Vi could still love her, even if she has changed. But Vi has also changed, she said. So here we see that Jinx has made her decision and now has fully embraced this persona. She grabs her gun, put the gemstone in it, and fired at the direction of the building where Piltover's council was having a meeting. 
Jace and Victor met with the council with a final proposal to broker a peace with Silco in exchange for the Undercity's independence. So Jinx's decision to blow up the council was really bad timing because at that time, though there was heated debate at first, the council was finally coming to a unanimous agreement to give independence to the Undercity when Jinx's rocket came flying right at the window. And that's where the episode ends. So as we know, season 2 is a go and I'm of course so excited. It's well deserved. As for my predictions, I don't know. I think some of the counselors will still be alive after that. And I think we will see more of Mel's mother in the next season. She'll have a bigger role and this is going to be an all-out war now. Looks like we're also going to see more of Vi and Caitlyn together. Because there's a teaser for season 2 with them talking. And so I think this is confirmed. Um, are they going to be a couple next season? Uh, <laughs> that would be exciting. But I'm also okay with them not being official if it fits the story better um, as a whole, right? Definitely, I'm expecting new characters too. Especially with the number of characters that were lost. This was easily the best show I've seen in 2021. Hands down, I have yet to see a new show that would top it, to be honest. Again, in terms of plot, storytelling, characterization, the animation, art style, it just checks all the boxes. It has been an amazing, satisfying watch. Thanks for joining me and for listening. I enjoyed doing this a lot. So now that I'm done with all the episodes, I'm going to be taking a little break. But feel free to connect with me on Twitter at the TDL Project. I tweet mostly about SFF books, movies, and TV shows that I've recently been reading and watching. As mentioned, I have done recaps for all the episodes now. So if this is your first time listening, you can listen to episodes 1 to 8. Again, thank you so much. Have a wonderful week and see you soon.